Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your Introducing first, on his way through the interwebs, Kirby, the voice, Welcome, everybody, to the Juice Pro Wrestling episode 136, Kirby's Adventure. That's right, the adventure of one Kirby, the voice, Alexander. He is the voice of many a wrestling promotions in the Chicagoland area, like Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground, Warrior Wrestling, you know, our hometown, we're our home base of Northwest Indiana, Black Label Pro. He does Galley Lucha. I'm sure you've seen him with AAW and many more promotions. But please, everybody, give a warm round of applause. Oh, yeah, dig it for Kirby Alexander. Kirby Alexander, what's up, brother? Hey, fellas. Thanks so much for having me, man. Thanks for the intro there. I think you uh, ticked all the boxes, uh, except for maybe a couple old ones back in the day. Uh, Elite Pro Wrestling, Vanguard. Uh, VWAA, uh, some IWA Mid South in there as yeah. well. Did a couple King of the Death matches. But yeah, man, I've been around a little bit. I'm getting old. <laughs> You're seasoned. How, how long have you been doing uh, the ring announcing now? Pretty close to 15 years. I want to nice. say somewhere between 13 and 15 years. And who? How the hell did you break into that? Uh, out of nowhere, I was following the IWA Mid-South uh, boards when they were used to run in this area really heavy. Yeah, and yeah. Ben Jordan was posting to the boards that they were needing a ring announcer for their show like this coming Saturday night for Elite Pro. And because the two were kind of related at the time, the Tomasellis were still working for IWA Mid-South. So there was a like a working relationship. And so I hit Ben up. I said, look, I said, I have no actual experience doing this. I'm in radio. I was in radio at the time. Um, I did promotions and marketing, but I also did a lot of voiceovers on like WCKG and such. Um, nice. So I told him like, hey, I've got the right experience. I'm used to using my voice and longtime wrestling watcher, you know, for like 30 years at that point. And I said, put the two together and I'm your guy. And he's like, all right, show up, uh, do the first show for free. If we if we like it, we'll bring you back. 
Um, I did one match. I came back through the curtains and they said, you're hired. I was paid that night. And the pretty much uh, the rest is history. The next month uh, I show up and they go, oh, by the way, you're doing commentary tonight too. And uh, yeah, the rest is pretty much history. Now that's a stark contrast. I mean, between announcing and commentary, you know, Lord knows me and Sretton have tried to do a drunken commentary. Only two people that (laughs) successfully done it are you and Tony Schiavone. (laughs) Nobody else. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like nobody. What, what did you find? I mean, what do you enjoy doing more? Um, Do you get the bigger pop out of the announcing, which I mean, personally, if it was me, I would think, you know, that would be a a lot cooler than commentary because commentary is just, Dude, it's it's constant. And if you're fucking yeah. dry and you ain't got nothing, then you, you can make a lot of things and people and situations fail, you know. On yeah. But, uh, just there's in your opinion, two, what do you what do you enjoy more? Yeah, there's certainly two very different animals. At this stage of my life, I'm all about the ring announcing. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer that. Uh most recently, even with Freelance Underground, we started that sh- that company off with a three-person team. And it was myself and Jimmy Z and uh, Sterling. And within two shows, I was like, they've got it. I'm pulling myself off. Like even on those two shows, I was fading myself out because it was just like, they've got it. And a three person show is hard to do, especially on the indies, unless you've got a really, really good setup. Um, Right. Most indies try to do it with, uh, with two microphones. So it's very, very difficult. Um, so I faded myself out of that. So I was doing commentary as much as maybe two years ago, but was really starting to focus much more on the ring announcing. I, I also like the, the performing aspect, being in front of the crowd, being that hype guy, the guy that's, you know, I'm the first guy you see and I'm, I'm setting the crowd up, right. I'm getting you guys ready. I'm giving you energy. I'm taking your energy. I'm magnifying it. Uh, that's everything to me right now. I certainly enjoy doing the commentary and for a long time I did both and that was insane. So like almost my entire elite pro run, I did both. And I think through Vanguard as well. So I would be in the ring doing my thing and I would run to the commentary station and join commentary already in progress and run right back up. And the, the craziest thing about that is here I am doing what you just said, trying to come up, trying to follow the match, trying to come up with all these nuggets of wisdom. And at the same time, looking at my run sheet and memorizing all the statistics for the next person I'm going to announce. So it was really cool. It was cool and interesting, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. No, I'm sure that leaves. I mean, you know, they science tells you that there really is no such thing as multitasking. Right. I tend to disagree, but also agree just a smidgen because that leaves a lot of room for air to open up. You know, that's like why we're bad at thinking, everything, dude. Yeah, I know, right? Because yeah. we're all ADD as hell, and we're like thinking about a million different things at once. Perfect. <laughs> this is true. But, yeah, so I, I mean, I can only imagine. I saw too uh, when I was creeping on your know, Facebook, Kirby. Uh, you I do saw something. You. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did, brother. Um, you do something with the White Sox. I did. So I, I mentioned working in radio and after right. I got out, of, I did radio for wow, good five or six years and I got really burnt out on it. It was, it was, it was a great gig, but it was very thankless um, doing promotions. I would come in on a Monday morning after having run like three or four huge promotions for like maybe Budweiser and uh, Ticketmaster and who knows what, and it would never be 
you did a great job yesterday. It would always be, to, do you have tomorrow ready? Is tomorrow ready to go? And uh, I just got burnt out on it. I got so much free stuff. I didn't pay for food or CDs or movies. Um, at any time in my desk, I had anywhere from twenty to forty thousand dollars worth of food gift certificates. But <laughs> it was like it was amazing. But at the same time, it just it became too much. It was too, it was it, and I had to try something new. Mm. And I had a buddy that was working for the White Sox at the time, <clears throat> and he brought me in as a seller for the uh, 50-50 split. So the uh, the Sox split that they sell at the games. He brought me in as a seller for that. Within a couple of years, I was helping run that program. Um, and uh, then I also, after we won the World Series, we ran a program to the side of that where we actually gave away uh, three of the rings. And I ran that solely myself. So that was my whole whole project for the White Sox was running that. And uh, Do you have a World Series rings. ring from 05? I do not have one. I have held them multiple times. Uh, even during when we gave those three away, they dressed myself and two of my workers up in tuxedos and had us walk from center field to home ba- home plate and give them to the uh wow. to the winners just like we would have done to the players so i got Very to do cool. that as well so yeah uh i worked for the white Sox for about five or six seasons and mm. uh i worked for the bulls as well did the no same shit. job over there yeah what would you do over there them. same type of stuff same thing i came in as a uh, seller for a minute and i helped them run that program for a while and then uh i ended up dancing for the matadors which was the uh, all male, all fat uh, dance squad for the Chicago Bulls? You say all male, all fat? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> he did. That's yeah, Do they still exist? I want to try out. No, no Tito oh, Santana twenty twenty one bubble. They've been they've been done for about ten years. We did a reunion about four years ago. Um, one night only. We all came back, but there was easily guys. I mean, I was in the three hundreds, but there was easily guys pushing. 450 500 pounds um and it was fully choreographed by the same choreographer that did the lovables oh wow putting us through our paces um it was great it was uh it got me all around the world uh it got me to greece it got me to the island of cyprus uh it got got me to la for the first season of america's got talent uh we did that nice Uh, all for being fat and funny it's not too shabby (laughs) and light on your feet at all What's that? Actually, I actually lost so much weight from doing the first three years that by by the fourth year I was I felt I was too small to be on the team. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like menudo kind of like ah, oh, you're too old, get the hell out of here. <laughs> you're the next fat guy. Yeah, you're um, not fat enough anymore. You're what's that? You're trying to get healthy? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's dude, that's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, the and I can't speak for both of them yokels over there, huh? but the Bulls and the Sox are. Two of my favorite teams. I mean, I got some some of that three one two uh that came out with the White Sox beer this year, uh all black cans yeah. with the insignia on it. It's pretty dope. I got one of those in a, a Budweiser commemorative can overlooking me right now Ew. with a holster. Um and then the Bulls. I mean, come on, you know. If you if you're from Chicagoland, Northwest Indiana area and you didn't like the Bulls and some <laughs> something's going on with you because <laughs> Especially the age where, where when I grew up, I grew up during the, the time, you know, to remember. It was just, it was insane. I'm 49 now. So, mm. you know, I grew up through all that amazing Jordan era. Oh, yeah. Uh, all of them. You know, both, both yeah, times. I watched every one. So uh, did I. 
so yeah, it, it's pretty cool. And, you know, we actually, for the bulls, we would actually run out on the court. Like we would be sitting on the edge of the court. And then as soon as timeout was called, we would run on the court. So we like dodging around the players and stuff. So like we were out there with them. It was, it was pretty cool. I mean, they would dunk and like, we would have balls flying at our face and I'm not talking about the, the basketball <laughs> um, so no, it was pretty wild. And then with the white Sox, I would be in the tunnel. I would run into like Ozzy Guillen on a regular basis. Uh, it was good times, man. Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. 2005 was a magical time too. Uh, wow, dude. It's just that, that whole series and everything. And they almost do. They almost have the perfect, uh, um, postseason you know what yeah. they they only lost one game in that entire run yeah uh so wow just super cool man i mean and speaking of like going back and like previous you know work environments and you which you've obviously just stated that you've been a part of some amazing organizations in chicagoland like and we were talking about like what how you got started in announcing and wrestling and shit but what were sure. you watching like as a kid growing up are you you're are you born and bred like chicago native yeah, so I'm I'm actually from Northwest Indiana. Uh, I'm from Hammond, born and raised nice. in Hammond. I was born in the, Hammond myself. For the first anyway. thirty, <laughs> maybe closer to forty years, at least I think thirty-eight years, about thirty-seven, thirty-eight years in Hammond. Um, so for me, the Civic Center. Uh, oh yeah. A, AWA shows, NWA shows. Oh shit. Uh, that's what I grew up on. You know, I, I remember, you know, sitting on the floor in front of the television and for whatever reason, my first picture memory, like I know this isn't the first wrestling I saw, but whenever I try to think back, the picture that's in my head is JYD. Like for some reason, yeah. that's the first yes. memory I have of professional wrestling is JYD on his hands and knees delivering that, that, you know, running headbutt <laughs> um, yeah i that you know and then for me you know going from there i watched everything from you know awa nwa uh uswa uh awesome. global uh if it was on tv and it was in the at that time you know you, you had to like tune into some crazy channels 32 <laughs> and you had to have the bunny ears and everything oh yeah yeah uh, mm -hmm. to get it but i watched everything i was watching baron von raschke on my television i was watching nice. the von erics on my television uh road warriors uh the Freebirds. i was watching you know them on a, a weekly basis i mean you name it i grew up during an amazing time i grew up also i still got to watch some of the golden age guys as they were getting older. So I, I got to see the crusher. I got to see uh, Dick, the bruiser. I Fuck saw, yeah. I saw, uh, you know, I saw bruiser Brody. I saw Abdullah. I saw all those guys live at the Hammond civic center. Um, wow, dude. I, I think a lot of people, sheep, I, I saw the sheep herders before. Yes. The bushwhackers. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, dude, they were brutal back in those days, man. Oh, yeah, they absolutely were. Absolutely. And then Vince got him. He's like, you're a fucking joke. Yeah. I saw, I saw I want you to do this. I saw the long riders versus the sheep herders and I've seen wow. a lot of stuff since, and that might still be one of the bloodiest messes I've ever seen. And now this was at the civic center. Yeah, man, dude, I see. I've, and oh. people listening around the world that don't know like Northwest Indiana, USA. Um, I mean, back in the day, I've heard stories about the Hammond civic center and I'm talking about, and we're going to get into like some of your musical tastes and stuff too. But, uh, I've heard bands, you know, coming big time bands like Kiss and Aerosmith and shit coming to the Hammond Civic Center. 
Now, the only thing I've experienced myself was I think uh, I saw TNA run a show there that was sure. unfortunately had like nobody there. Um, and WWE, oh. when they were ending the uh, ECW, the WWE CW brand um, sure. made a venture there. But man, just the history of that building and the shows that they've put on. I I did not know. I wasn't really aware that they ran super cards like that. And and shout out to our boy Kevin Brown we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, when we were talking about like some of the shit he was going to, and it's around the same time period you're talking, yeah. these mega cards. Like what you're oh. saying, like guys you've seen, I'm sure you saw a card that was just fucking stacked to the gill that was you know, back then there really wasn't like a pay-per-view per se. Um, it's for a house show. Essentially, it's a house yeah. show. It's it's just I, on it one show. I would see guys like Sailor R. Tom Thomas, Tony mm. Atlas, uh, Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher, the the Road Warriors, Larry the Axe, uh, Henning, yes. Larry Blackwell, Ooh. Brody, Bundy. Uh, you know, you name it. These were all on these. You ever see Harley shows, Race? Man, it was yeah, absolutely. Um, these That's shows awesome. were were crazy stacked and. Uh, you talk about the notoriety of the Hammond Civic Center. Uh, I have a great story of that. I met uh, Road Warrior Animal about 10 years ago now, and I had this story all set in my head that I was going to tell him about uh, a night that I saw the Road Warriors when I was a really young kid at the Hammond Civic Center. And so I get up, and it's my turn to talk to him. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm from Hammond. He's like, did you go to the civic center? Were you there the night they rioted and tried to kill us? I'm like, you just stole my story, man. Like I was going <laughs> to tell you that. Um, uh, that's but great. yeah, so that's like the first thing he heard Hammond and the first place his mind went was to the civic center and the riot. Cause it, it was insane. The whole place erupted and tried to kill the road warriors. <laughs> now, what was, what was uh, based around that? Like what was the particular matchup or situation? It was them versus Larry, the ax Henning, and his son, who was just breaking Kurt. into the business, yes. cool Kurt. Was he cool? Cool Kurt. Kurt. It was. It was cool Kurt Henning. Oh. Very, 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 Not very young baby face. And during the match, they did the spot where they had Kurt get caught up in the ropes, where his neck was in the ropes, and he was hanging and kicking from the outside. And the Road Warriors just laid into him with chair shot after chair shot oh. after chair shot unprotected of course because that was the thing in the day yeah um and he was just you know busted wide open bleeding and just the place just went nuts they said <laughs> they had, it. you know and when he told it back to me his side of it, he said they really had to run and leave the building they had to flee for their lives because oh, yeah. the place just attacked them as they were leaving the ring you just saw you saw the stands like empty you just saw like bodies just the, like the tunnel, so to speak, like where they would walk through the people, it just collapsed on them. It was it was pretty insane. I love it. Wow, that, I love that's it. Amazing. And I imagine those shows back in the day. I mean, the Hammond Civic Center. It's not it's not a small place. It's not a giant place. I mean, it's I I would call it, it's just a good sized place to see any right. kind of event. Like you have a great seat anywhere you're at. Um, I know when I was there for TNA. I mean, this had to be like fucking ten years ago, but uh. We were up in the little bleachers, and it was great. I mean, it was almost like you were sitting up front, but like I said, there was nobody there, unfortunately, so we just went down and sat in seats right next to ringside. You know, it was crazy. But, uh, I mean, man, you think anybody's got, like, I mean, what, back in those days, no one has, like, VH. 
How many people do you think had VHS <laughs> recorders there? You know, no. like or anything. None. None. Just that's casual, what sucks casual about concert that. fan, like watching a show, like with a giant fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean? If there was some if if they had it for, you know, I back in that day, they probably didn't give a shit about like tape library purposes or anything. But I, I mean, I would just do I, I just love that old school and I, I could just see it like, you know, I could imagine like, mm-hmm. was it smoky in there back in the day? You know, at, at the Hammond Civic Center, like it was saying, you know, at the. uh what the hell down in Texas for like WCCW at the Sportatorium or something? Because I could see that. It de- it definitely it had this like because it was an old gym, so it, it yeah. really had this feel to it, and it had you know it had a smell to it like a gym. It smelled yeah. like a gym all the time, and because uh, I mean they ran everything there. I mean, so I would like one month I would see AWA, the next month I would see the circus. The Shriners ran there year after year after year. Nice. You know, mm. and then I would, you know, they, and like you said, they would have concerts there. I saw Nazareth do a show there. Yes! <laughs> yes. Dude, I fucking That's love awesome. Nazareth, yes. Um, so yeah, they just did, it was, it was cool, but yeah, it, it just had this real feel to it. Um, you said it, was, like you said, it was just the right size. You could see from everywhere in the place and the sound was also huge because everything just kind of blew up in that place. The, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, you know, I don't think they even had the idea of of sound back in that day of, of of setting it up so that it was that way, but it just did. It just everything sounded like gunshots, like you know when they would you know hit the ring or anything. It was just it was beautiful. Man. I love it. I love it. It's so awesome. I just that old school shit, man. Yeah. And all those old stories, like I say, I mean, to hear about uh, something that's, you know, I'm in Hobart and that's friends in uh, Cherville, something that's super close to where we're at and that I've been to. And just imagine like the history of this building and hearing these stories. That's why I'm so pissed. at It's like, damn, man, (laughs) I really wish there was some sort of video fucking footage. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, as far as I remember, because I remember video cameras like, you know, home cameras coming out. I don't even believe that that they were out yet. I don't think they existed. Certainly cameras did, you know, like big TV cameras. Right. I don't think people had personal video cameras yet at the age and, and stage that I'm talking about. But, you know, if you're a Hoosier, you know, we we have uh, a great, great, great Hoosier wrestler from that period. Uh, uh, now, wow, I just f- forgot his name. Um, it to me. Son of a bitch! I had the story in my head. I was loading long it up hair, for you. long hair. Uh, no, Jimmy he, Valiant. No, no, no. He did. Uh, he did a, like a a hillbilly gimmick. Um, Is it the guy uh, we had on Wallace? Uh, well, you're talking about Northwest Indiana. We're chock full of hillbillies. That's really right. narrowing it down for me. <laughs> Moose Cholak. Moose Cholak. Okay, yes, 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 yes. So, so Moose Cholak, I was probably, man, maybe seven, eight years old. And my dad, for whatever, knew Moose. Moose just used to hang out at all the bars in Hammond and stuff. So everybody knew him. Mm-hmm. And so we were leaving one of the shows and ran into If you have thyroid eye disease and the pain in the back of your eye is forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. Moose, my dad's talking to him and such, and Moose takes his hand and wraps my entire head in his hand. So, like, (laughs) his palm is on my chin and his fingertips are on the back of my neck. He entirely engulfed my head and i was i was a fat kid as well as a fat person like i was <laughs> you know this was no easy feat but he totally engulfed my head and uh 
yeah, it's one of my favorite memories of wrestling. But, you know, and he was just there to see the show that night. Like, he wasn't even on the card. Amazing. I mean, were those places packed uh, for those shows? Oh, yeah, absolutely. To the gills. <laughs> at Oban. Yeah. I'm laughing at uh, the difference between Justin and I's interview styles. He asked, were those places packed? I was going to ask, how did his uh, ha- how did his hand smell? <laughs> <laughs> like now cheese you're the real and, uh, <laughs> and, and doers. Beer cheese soup? That's right. That's smelling. Maybe a little. Was that a, uh, what they drink back in the day? Stroh's? Old style. Old style. Yeah, Stroh's. Was that uh that riot, the AWA in AWA? Yes. I'm, I'm almost positive it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just looked it up, and yeah, there is a video from that match, but then there's an interview from Road Warrior Animal on that AWA riot. Right on. I'm going to have to yeah, look back into so, that, too. Yeah, so I'm going to look it up, and everyone listening or checking out the podcast, look that up. Yeah, and find us on Facebook, because we'll post a link to that. So right. after you watch and listen and download this, like we know you're going to do, you might as well just check it out. <laughs> yeah, you relive a piece of history, baby. Yeah, and yeah. you get an eyewitness account from Kirby himself, which is the best and thing. I, I want to see some of that old Nazareth shit, dude. I fucking get down <laughs> with that, yeah, dude. I got that on yeah. vinyl, man. So, who, who else did you see there, there uh, Kirby? Um, music-wise, you see anybody else local? Uh, I grew up watching. There was I was really, really, really into the like glam and sleaze scene. Yeah, yeah. So, nice. So, like, New so, York Dolls, you like sweet? Absolutely. I was just going to say that. What, what, what did you see after the Dolls? Sweet. Absolutely, yeah. So, New York Dolls, Honey Rock, Sweet, T-Rex. Yes, like, that's T-Rex. the early era of, of the glam stuff. And there was a lot of bands in Hammond, in, in the Hammond area that were doing it. There were bands like Tyrant's Reign. Um, There's just a lot of guys doing that style back then. So, I was really into the local scene. Uh, I started... When I got to about, what, 18, 20 years old, and that's when video cameras were starting to come out, uh, I started shooting for bands. So I worked all around oh, Chicago. Like, I did shows at the cool. Thirsty Whale, Congress Theater, like, nice. shooting for local bands and such. Um, went on tour with a few different bands, like the Orphan Punks, went up and down, uh, like, to New York and back and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was, it was a really fun scene. It, Chicago's always been a great scene, and it's been a great scene for, like, multiple styles of music like metal is amazing like I, I i was also a metalhead so like i went to the aragon ballroom and saw everyone there right i saw yeah, anthrax slayer yes uh you know you name it uh doro pesh's warlock um dude that kicks ass man hell yes so, <laughs> I agree. Uh, digging deep for sure <laughs> I was I was definitely a metalhead from like you know during those crazy eras from like '86 to '90. So yeah. bands like uh, Sabotage, Flotsam and Jetsam before Jason went and joined Metallica, uh, Iron Maiden, of course. Uh, you know, uh, let me ask you real quick though. Er, I mean, and you, I probably know what you're going to answer, but yes, are you a Diano man or no? I love the Diano stuff. I yes, do. Me too. Um, My favorite. You know, Bruce Dickinson is definitely my favorite because we had so much more of him right you know if and we would have had polished. an equal amount of library mm-hmm. then it might go the other way but the the paul diano stuff undeniably amazing uh oh, he had yeah. a band after that called battle zone paul diano's battle yeah. zone yeah uh they put out a couple albums those were great uh so yeah i was into all that stuff it was it was it was a good time uh to be into music because there was just there was there was so much going on and we also had 
we actually had metal on the radio. Now you had to like lean against your wall and like lay upside down on the bed and put your legs <laughs> you'll say that <laughs> halfway out the window to, to like get a connection but we had uh i think it was laser 103 one with scott loftus oh uh, wow yeah and you know we actually i i heard stuff like king diamond on the radio wow you know, I mean, who, who can say that you know at one point we had radio like that uh, in Chicago. So I grew up listening to stuff like that, like King Diamond and Merciful Fate. And yeah, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ew, Merciful Fate. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was so into metal that in Spanish class, in like sophomore year, we had to do commercials. And this is really funny thinking back to this. I, I haven't thought about this in probably 30 years. We I actually did a commercial as if I was announcing Ozzy coming to town in concert, but in Spanish. Oh, so, can, you yes. read, can you redo it? Oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Ozzy Osbourne. 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 Ozzy Osbourne. But because I did that, the teacher, uh, thought I was a Satanist, thought I was a devil worshiper. Oh, and, like, and like would come right out with it too. I have eyebrows that just in all my life, I've had eyebrows that just come up to little. Like James Mitchell horns. style. Yeah. They look like horns on the edge. And she's like, Oh, you know, you're grooming your eyebrows to be horns because you worship Satan and you kill Jeez. goats. And I'm like, no, not really, but okay. <laughs> no, not really. Dude, that's the stigma. Most metal heads get. And you know, me and Bodie, we're death metal guys. Yep. You know, and I've I've had that shit, and I'm doing. I'm really musically, uh, my range is just it's out there. I'll go from Cannibal Corpse to Rick Astley to Frank Zappa yep. to Fears for know. Fears. Yeah, that's exactly. Big Zappa age, man. I was into the Mothers of Invention for a good couple of years. Oh, Absolutely. we're we're gonna touch on that in about five seconds. Um, but it, it's just that stigma around metal people that is, and Bodie, you can attest to this, that, you know, we're like, we're the most brutal people to like be around and we're really hateful and we fucking yep. worship Satan and we're all yep. racist and, of course. and drug addicts. <laughs> when it's dude, we're like, I forgot you guys are both pieces of shit. That too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We're the Go nicest big. community that you could ever be a exactly. part of. Exactly. Like what my wife all said. these fests and shit together, dude. And it's like a big, family Friendly where everybody reunion. comes together can i help you with some most yep. metal people i know will give you the shirt off their back you know yep got a house to kick at if you uh you know have nowhere to go we'll crash here right. bring you in man that's that's how it is so i always hate yeah, that I weird mean, if stigma. you think about the pits back in the day and i know it's changed now the pits have gotten to where it's not about what it once was right it was it was really it was it was about camaraderie, right? We were running right. around in a circle, but we weren't trying to hurt each other. Yeah. We were trying to celebrate something together. Yep. And the minute somebody fell, hands were out and that guy was popped right back up in the air. Mm -hmm. And then you would just go round and round again, but it, no one was trying to hurt anybody. No one was throwing punches or elbows. Like kids like to do now. They the hardcore cool. kids. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, hardcore man. kids. But you know, it was that was the days, man. You 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 were doing this, and it was an experience, right? This, it was a group experience, and that's the same as wrestling. And that's why I love wrestling so much because, for the same things you're talking about, the metal community, it's all about acceptance, right? They just right, and 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 most people that 
not to say something a, a weird hot take or anything, but a lot of wrestling fans are misfits. Okay, they're, they're people that aren't accepted in other elements of society, and they're accepted at the wrestling shows. No matter what the problems are, no matter what's wrong with them or what they're going through, they come to the wrestling show and that all goes away, right? They don't have to worry about the bills they have to pay. They right. don't have to worry about their crazy mom. They don't have to worry about whatever it is that they've got going on that they're, that, you know, that they're maybe they're not that intelligent or maybe they're not that attractive and they don't have women in their life. All of that goes out the window when they come to the wrestling show. Yep. They're now in a community of equal-minded people that are sharing this experience with them that are, you know, just listening to me hype them up and then having the, you know, the the matches and, and they, they feed into it. And it's become cliche to say, but I don't believe it is cliche by any means whatsoever, that a good wrestling show is like 75 to 90% the crowd. Right. There was a point in Vanguard where we were putting on some amazing shows. We were bringing in like Chikara guys left and right. And we were putting on these crazy, crazy shows to 10 people. And they sucked because there was no <laughs> one there. I mean, it was phenomenal wrestling, but you didn't. Jolly Green same. Giants, shitty Beatles. How are they? They suck. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, you know, there's a fed in Chicago that's put on some really big shows for a really long time. And they have fans that oftentimes tend to sit on their hands. So it's like, you can't, you have to have both, right? You have to have great wrestling and you have to have vocal fans. And that's one of the things that makes freelance so special is the, the crowd at freelance we can serve them shit on a shingle and they will eat it up like it's a <laughs> Kobe steak dinner, man. There you like, go. like whatever we deliver to them, and we're not trying to deliver shit by any means necessary. <laughs> on a shingle. I mean, that's right. you know, but, rough palate. But you know, like someone they've never seen before. Space Monkey was a nobody. Ethan brought him down, put him on a show and at the uh, uh that wasn't the Abbey at this point. We had moved on from the Abbey. Uh, but anyways, put him on a show and the crowd ate it up. They, they turned him into a star here in Chicago. Uh, we did a show. I've told this story a lot of times, so I'll tell a really short version of this story because I've told it a bunch of times. We did our first Halloween show uh, at the Abbey. And Nix hands me the card and I'm going over the card. and I see that we're doing this gimmick battle royal. So we have like 30 guys doing a battle royal as if they are wrestlers from the past. So we had a rock, we had a uh, Kurt Angle, we had Martel, we had like all these guys from every era of wrestling. We had all of DX. <laughs> like, and I look at this and I'm like, this is utter bullshit. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and, and really feel, I've, I've told him this multiple times. On paper, it should not have worked. I was like, oh, and I'm the guy who has to like bring it to him, right? So Nix doesn't have to present this to the crowd. I have to present this to the crowd. I have to make this seem like it's good. And I had no faith in it whatsoever. I thought it was a horrible idea. Um, and I, I, you know, I was like, oh, this is the end. We're done. I'm glad we got three or four good shows in because we just jumped the shark. You know, thank you, Chicago. <laughs> good night. Uh, we're out of here. 
And then as soon as the first person came out, and I think it might have been Marche Rocket as The Rock, <laughs> the crowd acted like they were seeing exactly who yes. was betrayed. <laughs> And like, just like going nuts. Like there was like women like salivating over whoever our, our Shawn Michaels was. And like, he looked nothing like Shawn Michaels. He was yes. like a foot too short and was wearing a wig. Like this was crazy. We had, um, we had Chico as Kurt Angle. Like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's Colombian. And like, he was Kurt Angle. And like, what are we doing? But they ate it up. They acted like they were seeing exactly who they were seeing. That show, that match could not have worked in many, many, many other places. There are some other places that could have pulled it off, but most places could not have because of the crowd. We right. didn't make that match work. You guys, the crowd made that match work. I, uh, and Sren's been a lot more freelance shows than I have. I think, what have you been like three Yeah. now? Yeah, I'm going to do a Budinsky and make a point if I can remember it because I thought of it like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> My ADD go. is high. There you go. Uh, Chicago independent wrestling is very cool. Here I go on my fucking 10-minute rant. Um, Please do. One of the reasons it's awesome is because each one of the promotions, a lot of the wrestlers are interchangeable to a point. Um, other than GCW, which is like a lot of blood and guts shit, so they have to kind of switch it up. It's not the same stuff because like freelance has its storyline. I don't I like I, I don't know enough about Zello. I don't know enough about Shimmer. Um, but I'm sure that it, this is the same thing. I've been to a couple freelance shows, I've been to a warrior show, I've been to a Gali Lucha show. And because of the crowd and a little bit the styles, obviously the luchador styles are different, but now everybody can flip almost. Um you're right, Kirby. The crowds are everything mm. to the point where the, each promotion kind of has their own personality and you can, it's like the two heels and a face guys. They talk about everything's a buffet. Justin says the same stuff. You really can like, like if, if you ask your friend, like a buddy of mine that lived two blocks away, went to my first freelance show. And I was like, dude, just come with me. You live two blocks away. Fucking come to a wrestling show with me. He's like, I don't give a shit about wrestling. So we stopped at the beer you temple, will. had like four beers. And then he was like, I'll follow you anywhere. And so <laughs> to the we went to the show. We were about two, about an hour and a half after it started. And as soon as I walked in, like I didn't know Val um, uh, Capone very well. But as soon as I saw her, she was like, hey, what's up? And she was super cool to me. Um, and I had met Val's her. Val's super cool. What up, girl? Yeah, she's super cool. Um, and I just, it was we. It wasn't weird. It was awesome. Um, freelance is the fr friendliest wrestling promotion as far as the wrestlers concerned, as far as the fans are concerned. Um, most of the time, if you're like shy at, when you go to like a new place and you're sitting in the background at freelance, there's a good chance and within two hours, you are like trying to edge your way toward the front because you're so everything is just so welcoming and everybody is so open-minded. It's, it's super comfortable, but everybody is super open-minded about having a good ass time. I yeah. won't throw other promotions under the bus. There's another promotion that I won't mention where they throw yeah. some fucking kick ass shit. And I hope I am not being an asshole because it's almost obvious who I'm talking about. Well, you are they, a dick. So I am a dick. I'm the critical guy in <laughs> our trio. <laughs> That's my job. Uh, but the crowd is, um, it, like you said earlier, like sit on their hands Yo, half the time, and the people that are 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 performing are are performing monstrous matches. Now, 
uh, I went to Gali Lucha show and that was like super kid friendly, even though people were cussing in Spanish and the kids right. that were there were Spanish <laughs> were Mexican it. and they understand cuss words, but it was still super kid friendly. Um, it was super interactive. All Don't the wrestlers judge. were awesome. They all knew how to play the crowd very well. It felt like a family atmosphere. And I sat down and forgive me. I don't know anybody's name, but like, uh, uh, we saw Mecca Wolf. I saw Mecca Wolf there. I, it was just, it was a completely different experience from warrior, from freelance, from, you know, we went to ADEW, we went to a GCW show. Like I went with these guys during the all out, like a year and a half ago, yeah, the black label GC dub black label. Like I've been a black label show and every one of these places has their own personality. So mm-hmm. I wasn't lying. I've been talking for 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> they really do. You can actually First wrap pick. it up box. I'm Bodie. wrapping it up. <laughs> you could actually pick and choose what you like. If you like, like if you like the guy, like atmosphere, man. you got it. And it's fucking fun. If you're not into that, don't go because you got yep, the right? freelance atmosphere. If you don't like it, go to the next one. But it is, it is like you said, you don't worry about your life. And in the, in a world, especially the last handful of years where everything is about politics and what side are you on and let's fight about it. Even though we all got to pay our bills, we all got to feed our kids. We all got to try to get up in the morning and be good people and watch wrestling. Dude, rest, this is why I got hooked. I'm the newbie. It is because I don't think about shit when I'm at a wrestling show. Nope. I don't mm-hmm. think about shit it's when I'm watching. Escape. Think about, Not the um, pool yeah. place either. It just it's 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 been great and and Chicago is so special. In Chicago's that the we said a million times on the show. It, it's the mecca of prof- modern day professional wrestling. I'm so tired um, from talking now. <laughs> and I think AEW solidified that. I mean, obviously you have Tony Khan's Champagne Boy, but by really firmly planting their roots into the Chicago area and wrestling scene, and it's just and they're surrounded by you know killer promotions like warrior and freelance and you know black we got black label oh, yeah. out of BLP. here but we'll toss them in the mix um and when you get to see shit like that um like cody versus matt nix what up matt how you doing right. brother amazing awesome. and to have that crowd support that showed up there that was yeah. like freelance wrestling Shit. it gives me that chills was right now just TV. fucking yeah. thinking about it i was there it dude was i was so there loud you could hear it on tv like i went home and had to watch it that night because i was there too i wanted uh, to I know you were tv i was so happy dude i was like yeah <laughs> it translates right through and you can see cody stops for a second oh yeah kind of gives soaking it in smiles yeah makes that look yeah it was it was really cool man it was it, it gave me goosebumps i was there too man and uh like some people in our section were chanting that and just hearing that in that building for AEW for Matt Nix, it was like, dude, this is what wrestling's all about. All yeah. inclusion. Like it doesn't give yeah. a shit who, what promotion you're in, who you are, anything like that. All we all got to work we're together. Here. Yes. Ah. We're all here to enjoy the show. We're here for wrestling. We're here to support each other and everyone that does these shows and anyone involved. So yeah, dude, that was a great moment. Yeah, freelance turning up, and the and the one I uh, the first show I went to was man, it's fuck, it's been almost a year now. Was a uh, the twenty twenty a freelance odyssey <laughs> January of this year? It's crazy how fast and just you know the trajectory of this year after that because like I was so stoked to go to more, um, and and especially after you know the build up to everything that was happening with uh, ego and Kylie at the time, yeah, uh, was done just perfectly well. It was two hours, maybe a little over two hours. I don't know the exact runtime, but it felt like fucking five minutes, you know, because it was so good. We got to go, you know, me and Stratton got in there. We saw the two heels guys. Um, I think we, we saw Val. I'm pretty sure we saw Val there. 
Did we yeah, see her? Yeah, she's there. Night? She's in most shows. Yeah. Um, and and then you know to see Matt and everybody and get to go upstairs and hang out with you know Tom from uh, I Illuminate and uh, and all the wrestlers and shit that we knew and talked to and it was it was accepting. It was great. It was a great feeling. You know, to like to be up there and to be hanging with uh, you know people that I consider a huge part of the Midwest wrestling scene. You know, and to be included into that. Um, it's just, dude, nothing. Words can't describe that. And and to have that time, it, it goes back to, you know, 15 minutes ago when we we're talking about the metal community and how accepting they are and how you can have this outside mm-hmm. perception um, and, you know, judge not lest he be judged and get punched in the face. But uh, it, it's just it's different. You know, the the people that are in the metal community and in the wrestling community, those are similar, but it's different how the outside world looks at all of us because it's so open armed and welcoming. And it really is. And unless you're like a piece of trash that shows up just to troll and start shit, then, you know, yeah. Then P and, but the cool thing about that is, is that community is really protective of each of their own, you know? So if you get someone like that, trust me, ain't one motherfucker going to hesitate not to handle the bricks. Yeah. However, it needs to be handled. So it's just, I, I love thing, it, man. The beautiful thing about the wrestling business and, you know, going back way, 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 way back, you know how protective the wrestling business is of oh, the yeah. business. Now that, you know, that doesn't exist quite as much, right? Because of, you know, the internet and you guys. <laughs> but but you that's know, why it, with me, Kirby, it still feels like such an honor because coming, you know, being, I'm, I'm 38, dude, I've been watching wrestling since I was like fucking five and i've been an extreme dork about it for many many 20 30 years now i the first time i was in a locker room even in indie locker room that felt so mm. sacred to me because i know how hard that was for people back in the day like you're alluding to to get in to do that that was it didn't happen you know well when you show up at shows and i you know i don't i don't believe this is that revealing or else i wouldn't say it but the love between the rustlers who you know may have seen each other last week or may not have seen each other for five years and or even the staff like myself the amount of hugs and this is the craziest <laughs> thing i don't think people would think this about professional wrestling but the amount of hugs i get on a regular basis from big burly men you know big manly men that are beating each other up in spandex these guys love to hug each other and it's amazing. There's it's, it's, it's almost inexplicable. Like I don't even know how to really put the level of, of love and care into camaraderie this. too, Ex- you know, except to say it goes back to that whole idea. And I know people know about this now, like the loose handshakes. I know, you know, Shawn Michaels and triple H, you know, tried to change that. Cause I didn't believe that was manly. Right. Everyone knows about that. It was in Shawn Michaels book. And the whole idea of what that handshake was all about was it was a loose handshake because it was letting you know, I'm going to take care of you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, the way I'm shaking your hand is the way I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you in the ring. I'm not going to hurt you. And I think it's because of that. I think that's where all this love comes from because you're putting your body on the line. You're putting yeah. total, complete, utter faith in that other guy across the ring that he's not going to hurt you. You know, that, you know, that, that you're going yeah. to be safe. And 
you know, I think that that just spawns this this camaraderie, this brotherhood. And I know people like to speak really ill of the rustling brotherhood, the whole brother, brother, you know, protecting bad people and all that. And, it, you know, yes, that happens. It exists, whatever. But there is so much good about it, too. It it really is. It's it's I. Well, that's everywhere. There's in the world. I feel better than in a wrestling locker room. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a good old boys club in everything that you do. There's politics and bullshit in all walks of life. That's like, like when, when the speaking out movement and all that shit happened, I was very much like, okay, I'm accepting it. I'm cool if people have real trauma that they've been through and they're letting it out and, you know, working through that and getting rid of the, the wicked that don't need to be in this business. I'm all for that. But I didn't want the, uh, a lot of people seem to take it the wrong way. Like it was only happening in professional wrestling. Like it's, you know what, this is wrestling such garbage. Cause this, if you know what, if you took a look at the people in your neighborhoods and did some real homework, you might, you might find the real ugly. It's not just in, it's not just in wrestling, you know, that like, that's the kind of shit that pissed me off. I mean, it's, it's everywhere there, you know, but like we said, it's, there's a very welcoming uh, community nowadays in wrestling. That wasn't, it wasn't like that back in the day. It was very much, you know, closed door and, you know, you. I remember hearing stories from guys like even back in the day, like Bill After and Paul Heyman, that had hard times. You know, had to yeah. lie through their teeth just to be able to get in the locker room or get an interview mm-hmm. or a picture of somebody. You know, like yeah. nowadays, like I said, I mean, Sren show up to freelance. We just go walk up into the basically the locker room with everybody. Yeah. Like you know, that's you, know, uh, you, what, you, you read back in the day. You know, I've read a lot of books. Uh, and, and Hammond Civic Center was one of these places that had two separate locker rooms. Yeah. So the heels and the faces came out yes. of two entirely different locker rooms. So it was all about yeah. doing everything you can to to uphold that mystery, right? The guys were never allowed to drive together. Like, they had to drive separately. They couldn't be seen mm-hmm. together. Except know? for the so, Sheik and Duggan. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there was, you know, but the thing about it today, and it's just like everything else, movies, television, you have to be willing to suspend your disbelief. And you, and you get to a point where you do so and it's automatic, right? You don't even think about it anymore. It's not like I have like, okay, I need to go and make sure that I believe this. No, you just, as soon as it happens, you do like, and, 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 and we're not talking about unintelligent people. We're not talking, you know, it's, it's people think, well, well, how can you believe something so it's all everything's the comic book nerds argue over shit. Reality TV is fake for crying out loud. And I can tell you that first, first, first hand when I did uh, America's Got Talent, the first season, they taped that. And when I went back and watched it, all the audience reactions were from other acts. But like that was not the I believe, audience I that we performed to. Like, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I remember that little girl giving up the X. It wasn't during us, but that's. <laughs> that's she throwing the X? Someone get her? One of you guys fall <laughs> up there? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> hey, trainers in the back. Get out of headset. Down, fat guy down. Um, <laughs> no, but she. It, it is. It's. It's all. It's all fake, man. The, so much of our world is, is not you. real. So, but when, when you allow yourself, especially as a kid, when you allow yourself to suspend this disbelief, rustling is magical. 
It's absolutely magical. It creates these memories. I have a daughter who's been going to shows with me now for about three or four years. She's nine. And just the memories it creates. And she'll bring a little friend here, this one and that one. And they're blown away. We, we put a wrestling show on in my front yard. She wanted, a, she wanted a wrestling show for her birthday. So I hired Merle, the same guy who puts the ring up at yep. every show that you guys smooth. go to. <laughs> I hired Merle. We threw, we, we threw a ring up in my front yard. Um, I had some of the golly people guys come out. I had, uh, Sean, uh, C I had C red come out. Who's a, lo a local Chicago staple. Um, Isaiah and Kylie showed up and did a little spot nice. with my daughter in the ring. Uh, and the crazy thing is like the adults, like we're getting into it, like adults who had never seen wrestling before and they were into it. And they're like, this is actually pretty cool. And that's the whole thing that, people like to judge without, without actually taking part. Right. You yes. know, it, it's just, it's, it's just like food. Like, I don't like that. Well, have you ever tried it? Yeah. No. Well then take a <laughs> bite, you know, yep, don't yep. just say you don't like it. Right. And I know the struggle, brother. <laughs> I know the struggle. I got sushi. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. And it's, uh, and real quick, I wanted to touch on some, you know, backtracking, uh, several minutes when you were talking about Zappa, it was the same thing with him. And I love that you're a huge Frank Zappa fan. My oldest son's middle name is Zappa. Um, ah. I, dude, I love, I got to meet Dweezil. Uh, we saw him at the Radisson back in 2015. He dedicated a whole show to my son. Um, and it was very nice. cool, super intense, super amazing. But he was another one of those guys that, like, he was very polarizing people either loved them or hated them you know there was no like real in between and i think a lot of that was just you know people were being judgmental by how he looked and you know right. music being overly complicated to just the standard you know pop listening culture you know well i like the beatles and blah 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 well you can't handle zombie woof if you know here's right. something like that if you're gonna, <laughs> you know but uh just real quick uh Take me back into your like your first your discovery because this intrigues me because like I just I'm a huge Zappa nut man um, into Frank Zappa. So my uncle and a good buddy of his, Uncle um, Remus, were really 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 into alcohol and drugs. Like <laughs> as Frank wasn't too, which a lot of people find hard to right. believe because he was so out there and so like just genius. It's like you got to be on drugs. I don't fucking like drugs. And uh, my my uncle's buddy Roy. Uh, who ended up uh, dying from an overdose eventually uh, at one point came over to my uncle's house and brought over this record and the record player was mine. He's like, he's like, kids, you got to put on this record, man. And uh, so, you know, I would, I'd try anything, man. So I put the record on and it was the mothers of invention and, you know, like, you know, Hey Joe and all that, you know, it, yes. it was just, it was, it was mind blowing because it, it was so different in it was like cacophonous at times, right? You know, the way that they manufactured sound and such. And then uh, shortly after that, he came out with a, uh, a VHS, uh, I think it was called Baby Snakes. Yes, I own it on DVD. Yeah, and it had all this Baby. like stuff. Snakes. Yeah. And it had all this like weird, crazy, like stop animation stuff. Yes, on it. yes. It, it was so cool. And uh, yeah, I just really got into that stuff for, you know, for a good couple of years, man. Cause it was just, it was, it was groundbreaking. It was so different. 
And it's, it's, it's interesting. A lot of times when people will meet me and hear my last name, which is Van Vliet, they'll often mishear it as Van Fleet, and they'll think I'm related to Captain Beefheart. Because his last name is Van, I believe is right. Van Fleet or something very, very close to mine. So I, you know, I'll have people like, "Are you in any relation to Captain Beefheart?" I'm like, <laughs> that would be dope. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know who Captain Beefheart is? Like, that's all that matters. We're gonna have a great conversation after this. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, Zappa and the Mothers was was some pretty cool stuff, man. I never man. saw him, of course. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I even got close to ever seeing him. But, uh, you know, and I, I love the kids too, man. Dweezil and all them. I, uh, Ahmed have you seen... have a, they, they had multiple like, like game shows and stuff. You know, yeah, they did a lot of shit in the early 90s, like with MTV. Yeah. If you guys go on YouTube and watch, there's actually a video of uh, Dweezil playing guitar. And uh, they do Crazy Train and J- a young Jack Black on wow. vocals. <laughs> Very just, cool. And he's playing... I believe in that video, he's playing fucking uh, for you Van Halen fans out there. The uh, the Rasta guitar from uh, I think from Women and Children first. That um, that's the one he used to record that. Well, music knowledge for you guys because I'm just so full of bullshit. <laughs> it's a beautiful yes, thing, man. It is. But Kirby, brother, I got a recommendation for you. So Alex Winter, who you guys might know as uh, yep. Bill from Bill and Ted, and uh, mm-hmm. that one weird looking vampire from the Lost Boys. Um, mm-hmm. He just did a documentary on Frank Zappa that I was a part of the initial Kickstarter like five, six years ago to get this thing off the ground and save the vault. Um, that thing's out right now. It's simply just called Zappa, and you can cool, get it man. on all streaming platforms. I know I, I gave Sretton some homework and had him watch it. Um, I watched it. I rented it. I watched it. it he hated good. it. It was it, good. It, dude, I think if you're a Zappa nut, you'll like it. I mean, there, right there's... On. There's some stuff I thought they could have added some more into, but that's just how big of a fucking, you know, freak out. Freak when you see out, it, at the, yeah. so at the end of the documentary, it's not a spoiler. They say he, he uh, during his lifetime, he actually had 63 albums that came out and then post- posthumously, um, what the heck just happened? Sorry. Another 60 or po- something. Posthumously, it was like 53. So a two-hour documentary barely scratches the surface of, right. you know, and his you know, vault what, was vast of yeah, how so, much shit he didn't release. And they actually released his uh so the album he was working on with this thing called a Synclaver, which is a weird fucking like computer music thing for anybody that's not familiar with that. Um right before he passed in ninety-three, he was working on this album. And they finally got, you know, they in the vault, dude. His vault literally was just it was insane. Everything like he had video from the sixties, from the early incarnation of the mothers. Um, up until his death in 93. And I mean, grand, this dude did orchestral scores and had, you know, orchestras that he was conducting along with all of his rock bands and different iterations of that. Um, had all the audio tapes, owned all the rights to his music, which was unheard of, you know, sure. back in the day. Um, he, I know he had this little spat with Warner Brothers and he basically like, hey, here's your fucking four albums. I'm out, you know, I'm getting my own shit. And uh, so much stuff in the vault from the 60s till he passed. And they finally, uh, a couple years back, um, just finished that record that he was working on right before he died. So it was very cool to actually get his, technically his real final release. You know, I had like these Mongolian throat singers, which if you see (laughs) the new Bill and Ted, they do a little bit that. (laughs) Singing eight octaves at a time or whatever the hell it was, you know, like. Hunter. Very cool stuff, man. I mean, even guitar legend Steve Vai played with yeah. Zapper. Yeah. You know? Oh, 
Terry Bozio, dude. Uh, uh, yeah. Warren Cork. Warren Cucurulo. <laughs> it's hard to, to get huh? it off. A lot of guys, man. Napoleon Murphy Brock. A lot of great musicians uh, that jam with that guy. So everybody listening, please take a little detour and check out Frank Zappa. You might like him. I don't know shit about Frank Zampa, and I watched the documentary, and I really enjoyed and you it. liked it. I liked it. So if you're like a super fan, you'll be drooling the whole time. Hey, it's just, genius. It's, a, it's all footage. It, like, the entire thing is, so it's people, it's interviews of people that, like his wife and other people that don't have a lot of time in where they did, like, interviews. I don't know what you call that when you cut to just them in a room. Um, but 90% of it, 90% of it is, is old footage of him. Interviews. All shit from his vault. All shit yeah. from his vault. Like so I said, he cool. had, uh, Alex Winter had access to the stuff, and cool. they raised a million or two million bucks from the Kickstarter was just to preserve that stuff because over time, you know, shit sitting from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I mean, that stuff, it deteriorates. Yeah. You, know, so you, you have to digitize it, and it's just, dude, there's stuff with him and John Lennon. Jeez. They were talking about, like, all, all the British and all the European musicians that wanted to come over like in black Sabbath was including this too. Like I remember reading, uh, I was reading something where Tony Iommi and Ozzy were like huge fans of Zappa. And they're like, Tony and Ozzy were like trying to get them Coke and stuff. So like, nah, I don't, I don't fuck around with that. And they're at dinner and this, I think this was in Chicago. And then like towards the end of the dinner, like Zappa's like, uh, Hey, you got any of that Coke or whatever? It's like, Oh, I thought you didn't do it. It's like, Oh no, it's from one of my band members. It's like, you just told us that you don't let them do that shit while they're on tour with you. you know? It's like, but uh, dude, just the, everybody wanted to meet him because of his his work ethic, which was, dude, second to none. Out of anybody in any profession that I've seen, this guy was, I mean, you take it for what you will. You sacrifice a lot, as a lot of these wrestlers know. Um, you know, when you're on the road, especially with WWE for pretty much the whole damn year, I mean, Zappa was like within the same lifetime. way, even when he was home. I mean, he was on the toilet taking the shit and he was writing, composing, you yeah. know, and not just bullshit. He's actually writing musical notes, kids. Yeah. Me too. Pun <laughs> intended. Insane the work ethic this guy had. I do the and same it, thing. You mentioned Coke, and that's a great segue. Lay me down some rails, boy, but yep. don't put me in jail. No, it's actually a great circle back as well. You Cocaine. talked about the, uh, the New York Dolls. Uh, yes. Years after the New York Dolls, I was in L.A. Uh, over New Year's, and I was there to see Sylvain Sylvain. Oh. Uh, and so saw the Sylvain Sylvain show, and it was amazing. And then afterwards, he's just like standing outside smoking a cigarette, and so I go up and talk to him for a while and he's like, Hey, you want to go do some Coke? I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But I could have done Coke with Sylvain Sylvain. I guess that would have been a pretty cool story. Oh, of course. <laughs> he probably That's remembered funny. you for rejecting him because nobody else did. Right. It's like, <laughs> I remember that dude that, that said, no, I like that guy. guy. The only guys conformist, guys conformist cokeheads. Right. <laughs> I've asked over a hundred thousand people. You're the only one that said, no, I like that. <laughs> Kirby, real quick, as we wind down here, I want to get your take uh, on what do you what do you pay attention to as far as the major promotion scene going on with wrestling right now? What's what's your uh, cup of tea per se? AEW, uh, absolutely AEW. Yeah. Uh, when when my daughter and I started to try and watch wrestling together, 
And this is right when AEW, I took it all the AEW stuff, and then they got the television deal. And of course, right at the same time, NXT ends up being on the same night, lo and behold. And so she had a choice to make, like, which one are you going to watch with daddy? Because there's only so much time in the world, right? Yes. We want to think we can watch it all and we can't. And she actually chose NXT for whatever reason, even though I was taking her to all these AEW shows, something about NXT was appealing to her. And I didn't mind that either because I had so many guys that I've worked with and that were friends and, you know, that were there too. So I'm like, I'm all about it. Right. You right. Know, Keith Lee and all those guys. So I'm like, I can watch that too. So we watched that and her interest, it's still there, but it's not as rabid. She doesn't have to watch it on a weekly basis. So those shows started to stack up and I was ending up with free time. And then I just went in, into AEW instead. And so now that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm about three weeks behind, but uh, the AEW Ooh. stuff, and I, 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 you can't avoid spoilers in this world. So I, I, I know what's going on. Never. Um, and, but, you know, again, even with spoilers, you know, it, you once you see it it's still it's still amazing i don't mind them because it makes me want to watch it more surprise yep i I know there's and i don't want to spoil for anyone else just in case but i know there's a major major debut last week and i know what it is and when i catch up to it in a couple days i'm still gonna mark out for it i'm still gonna go nuts for this person showing up i had a mini stroke i was telling Bodie, i was because my girl's like was too our baby, our baby's gonna be on the thirteenth. He'll be eight months old, and she's like, "When some big happens tonight, don't you fucking freak out?" Because usually I'm just. <laughs> I had that dude. I was doing that shit on mute. I I could. I was holding. I'm like, like shaking and shit, and grabbing the couch. I'm like, I thought I was gonna have a heart attack, dude. Yeah. Like that's how the the moment was and and me and Sredden actually had the opportunity to talk about this which uh when we end here tonight I'll let everybody know about this but uh on another show that's coming out same day that this show drops which is pretty cool but that moment where Tony Shavani you hear him talking about this guy that's coming out that's right. had a history with TNT it's it's just so amazing as an old school fan and that's what AEW that's why so many people have been brought on board with this because they they're given wrestling to the wrestling fans now yep. is it a true alternative to WWE maybe not does it really nope. have to be no because nope. they're just giving you what you miss from those Mondays back in the day and maybe a little before that and they're just blending it all up in the cup, throwing some of that new shit with it. And it's, it's so damn tasty. That's why I don't get why people hate on it. There's a lot of haters, but people hate on everything. So whatever. Sure. I mean, have they made some mistakes along the way? Absolutely. But their growth has been storylines where they've, you know, dropped the ball. There's things that haven't made sense, you know, but there's so much that does shine there's so much that they're that they are doing differently where they're giving you a mix of the old school and the new school and they're not bringing these guys in to work they're bringing these guys in you know as managers and such and and even the fact that they have managers something that right i missed that that vince hates man there's only one in wwe his name's fucking paul Heyman. yeah (laughs) and they don't even call him a manager he's either an advocate or a special advisor don't you dare say manager you bastard and we, call grew belt with, we grew up with Blassie and Albano and oh, Cornette. Mr. Fuji. And, and, and an early Bobby the Paul Brain, Heyman you know, the and, Wizard. Heenan. 
Yeah, we grew up with all these guys, and they were just as much a part of this that as as the guys were and now they don't they want they don't want to take away from 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 the workers and i i don't get it and it doesn't I, make one sense of things i think is amazing about AEW is bringing back the manager i think yes. that's awesome and the fact they're doing it with guys from my youth even better cherry yes. cherry on top yeah, oh, yeah. i got some piggyback I, on your story justin real quick um with that de- uh you know debut of someone special um <laughs> i was in the kitchen I, I was in the kitchen and I was cooking and I marked out yeah, and Sarah sure. was right there and she's just laughing. She's like, Oh my God. She's like, you're going nuts. And <laughs> you know, I said, Holy shit really loud. And I can hear my uh, six year old Grace and he comes running. And he's like, daddy, don't say that. I'm like, Grayson, it's freaking stink. <laughs> like <laughs> you throw your kid in the closet. Don't yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. And he turned around, he's looking at it and I'm like holding his shoulders. I'm like, dude, look who it is. And you know, he said his name too. Cause I'm saying his name. And then uh, a couple of days ago, Grayson's. He was in a band called The Police, I heard. He was. Yes, he was. <laughs> Don't turn out the red. <laughs> so, but no, my. So, <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> but for so some reason, he always liked to come out to Metallica. Hmm. Yeah, I don't Weird. know why. But yeah, yeah. Um, my six year old uh, was watching YouTube clips of that and AEW a couple I of days ago. I watched that debut like, like four or five times. Holy cow. But Afterwards. my, you know, like he's getting into wrestling kind of like AEW because that's what daddy watches and that's kind of like AEW did like for my six-year-old now I'm like he recognized somebody that I grew up watching and that's, that was that's an icon. great that's you know, a great fucking so feeling awesome to, yeah you it's know a great it. feeling I know it Kirby knows it you know yeah. unfortunately my oldest boy you know when I was taking him to warrior shows and he was having a good time and then he he even went to an MLW taping with me and wow. I'll, I'll give that boy I'll give him fucking credit because you, you know about the how long those fucking things are. We were there for like five <laughs> oh, hours. Oh my god! Well, and this kid easily. just stuck it through. But I think that was probably what killed him. And then he's getting older. He's gravitate more towards football. But football. uh and that's fine. You know, that's fine. We had our little thing, and I got another one now, so I can always teach him about the ways of the ring. Yeah. Uh, hey y'all. But man, you know, you sit in the one the MLW TV tape, and it's just like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Five, six hours episode of Fusion. Like nine or ten at the time. Especially yeah. if you're in the bleachers with no back support. Oh man, yeah. your butt fell asleep, well, dude. We, you just pooped your pants. We dude, we were in the chairs by the ring, and even still, it was like, man, these chairs are killing my ass. You know, there, <laughs> there's no cushion. I should have brought like right. one of those Hobart football booster club seats. I'm sweating. Shit. I'm sweating very hard. Well, Bodie, you talk about having that connection with your son. Like yeah. my daughter and I, even though, you know, like I said, she gravitated a little bit towards NXT. She still loves AEW. Like, and if I take her to a show, she's going to have an amazing time. Awesome. Yeah. And that, that connection was fostered around the indie stuff. But what really solidified the connection for her is I took her to um, Blitz was doing, Pro Wrestling Blitz was doing those baseball shows at the uh, Thunderbolts games. And I went to one of those shows as a fan. I brought her because on that show was Cody Rhodes. Now this is pre AEW. Nice. Yeah, yeah. This is his. This is his New Japan run. He just started his New Japan run, and uh, so I took her to the show to watch some baseball and to meet Daddy's favorite wrestler's son. So for me, everything Dusty Rhodes. The American dream. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He could Love do no it. wrong, man. The promos, the, the, the elbows, the I mean, just everything he did was amazing. And so I wanted her 
to meet his son and instantly he became her favorite wrestler. Yes. Um, I was talking to the promoter for Blitz, Tony Scarpone, and he was like, oh, I should have contacted you. I'm like, why? What's up? He goes, I don't have a ring announcer for tonight. I'm like, well, I'm here as a fan, but I'll do it. I was trying to sound all cool about it too, right? I was totally <laughs> trying to downplay. I'm like, eh, I, I can do it for you, I guess. I got nothing going on. <laughs> you know. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> and you know cody rhodes is on the show so i'm marking out inside i'm like oh yeah whatever i'll do it for you but you know i i have to have my daughter ringside with me i can't leave her on the other side of the barrier she's got to be right at ringside with me say like, oh i don't care i don't care as long as you'll do it i'm like okay cool so at the end of the match cody is uh is too sweeting everyone he hadn't got the season assist yet so he's too sweeting everybody and the fans are too sweeting him over my daughter's head and a wow. young lady in the audience looks at Darby and says, do this, do this, and shows her how to too sweet. So she throws it up, like not knowing anything. She throws up the too sweet. He reaches down, grabs her, puts her on his shoulder, and marches her around the ring yes. for like five minutes, sets her down, and walks off into the sunset. Yes. Like, you could die a happy man, I bet, dude. Oh, <laughs> dude, it was, it was oh, yeah, that's incredible. Great. And then we're leaving a little bit later and she, and she says to me, she goes, daddy, I don't think I'll have another day like that in the rest of my life. Like wow. it, it, that's the magic, right? I talked about it earlier yeah. when, when wrestling hits, when it does what it's supposed to do, it's powerful, magical. Man. It's powerful. Yeah, yeah yes. man. So yeah, two generations there, you know, and and I, I also love Goldust. Like I was a huge Goldust Mark too because yes, me he, too. He broke barriers, right? He was doing stuff that was just insane, oh, you know, and people were freaking out over what he was doing. Loved it. I even so, liked him when he was like ball gagged and looked like he come off MTV's Alternative <laughs> Nation <right. laughs> and the silver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh so yeah so it's really cool to share that with my daughter you know i love dusty she loves cody i love cody and cody you know say what you want about him he does get some criticism as you know not being as far as a work rate guy but his psychology and his promos now his oh promos goodness. are top notch man and this yep. that's coming from a guy who had a speech impediment too you know yeah. he had a really bad stuttering problem so i mean to work through that just uh, amazing and look real quick about cody uh wwe run i hated him I, yeah. I knew who he was i love dusty but i just i couldn't stand him i'm like the legacy all that shit yeah wasn't a fan of it, it not it was, it was unremarkable to, yes till he left and went to roh and impact and all the you know yep. the indies and whatnot and new japan hit the bullet club till he realized who he <sighs> was and his value as a professional wrestler as the son of dusty Rhodes, you know the next gen the yeah. brother of dustin in night you know the kiss the ring deal the cockiness everything yes. that came with it i was like holy fuck i'm liking cody Rhodes because it, it was right around the time we started this show and I'm like, I'm talking, and I'm like, man, I'm like thinking to myself as I'm saying, I'm like, I, I think I fucking like Cody Rhodes now. Like, yeah, what's going on? And, Don't run from and your he's a huge part, you know, along with the elite, of course. But why we have AEW now, why we have something that, fuck it. I mean, you know, I'm just going to lay it down for all you smart marks. It is an alternative because it, there's so much out there. You don't have to watch WWE if you're not entertained by that. And if you yeah. are, that's great. That's fine. I'm not fucking knocking it. 
because they have. I just watched NXT um, War Games. I thought it was amazing. Uh, but it's just it, the main product doesn't do anything for me. AEW brings up all these emotions, and it's like you say, Kirby, it, it shows how truly powerful and organic professional wrestling can be. Not this manufactured, you know, recopulation of this garbage. Like, here, here's a script. Go out there, read this, do this to the best of your ability. If you don't, you're say suffering succotash for God damn it. Yeah. And, and now, Justin, put in perspective what percentage of dynamite has happened in front of no crowd no no more more than with the crowd more than with right so So imagine when the crowds come back (laughs) it's just it's gonna be insane our brains are gonna gush out of our heads because it's like holy shit because they've been able to nail you know the power in the moments without a crowd per se i mean you know they got guys talent mixed in or whatever on the sides but like the moment where, you know, a certain member of the police debuted on, on Dynamite last week. That was insane. Could you have imagined that if that was a full crowd uh, or even uh-huh. when Matt Hardy came? You know, like, yeah, um, or FTR. Those, yeah. Those first couple months, I say this is probably one of the stupidest takes I've ever had about professional wrestling. But those first, like, eight weeks of shows right after we went into lockdown and there was no crowd and they started to use the, the other, the other guys. I actually said, I don't know that I ever want to see wrestling in front of a crowd ever again. Like, <laughs> there was, I, I don't know what it was. There was something still in a way, super cool about it because now there was, there was, there was no cameras on the fans. It, it was hyper, focused on just what was happening in the ring and there was something really cool about it you know and and i and i know we have to have it in front of fans again because it's it's a money-making venture and it it has to go back to that way but there was i feel there was something really cool about the way they did it and i didn't watch any of the no fan stuff with with the wwe i don't know how that went i've i heard it, it wasn't good um, and then they, you know, they did the wall of Titantrons or TVs or whatever the it Thunder is. They did the Thunderdome, Thunder you know, Dome, but no, there was something still really cool about it. It was, it was kitschy. It was different. And, you know, even though they, they were still sometimes playing to the crowd that wasn't there and people were like, oh, that's stupid. I'm like, no, that's hilarious. It is. That's, yeah, totally. That just added another level for me, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've loved everything, you know, and I, I love it all, you know, to say, to say I'm an AEW mark and I, I, I don't watch WWE doesn't mean I hate WWE. I, I have so many, again, friends and guys I've worked with there, Ali. And, you know, it's like, I, I love most of those guys. I just don't watch the product. You don't yeah. have to, it doesn't have to be polarizing guys. It's not, and I understand, you know, sports does that, you know, you know, you, you love the bears. You have to hate the Packers. Oh, um, I love the bears. I was in so like watching a perfect example, you know? Yeah. I love the Bears. Yeah, I just don't Sox. watch them. One one watch, city, watch up, the, the amount of hatred between people that live in the same city. But wrestling <laughs> doesn't have to be polarizing. It, you, you just don't watch it. You don't like it? Don't watch it. Easy. And I, and I don't watch it, and I still like it. I just don't have time for it. <laughs> exactly. It's so not moving you like it, it once did. But yeah. that's that's the thing. And, and until they find that with you again, and that that's fine. 
That's okay. Yeah. That's why it's great in 2020 that we have so much content, like you alluded to earlier, that you can't keep up with. Like professional wrestling is just nuts. If you take into account all the indie streaming services like IWTV and what is it yeah. Power Bomb or Power Slam TV, whatever it is now, um, along right. with WWE Network and Honor Club and New Japan, all that shit. It's so much. And now and because of, of torrents and streaming sites, you don't have to trade tapes anymore. So guess what? You don't want to watch any of the, any of the new stuff? Go back and watch all the old stuff. Yeah. Now it's at your fingertips. You can sit right here at your keyboard and pull yeah. up, you know, the riot at, at the Hammond Civic Center, you know? Like, I'm totally doing that. Then I'd have to do show. I already <laughs> sent links. You better have your piece of shoe. Giggity. <laughs> Kirby, um, one more question here, and, and then we're going to close this thing down. Um, what has been, other than what you just told us with that moment with Cody Rhodes, and I might have just already answered my own fucking question because I'm a stupid idiot like that. See, Seren, I got you back this week. You're dumb, Mark. <laughs> like a moron. Uh, <laughs> what is your most memorable moment or and or favorite moment in the Chicago wrestling scene that you have been a part of? Wow. Um, there's a lot of them. And uh, for me, it's been it's been getting to work with a lot of those dream guys, guys that I've been watching for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so being in the ring with Cody is probably the number one, but uh, a close number two. And there's probably 10 things that are tied for number two um, announcing Minoru Suzuki. Oh, yeah. Are you are you kidding oh. me? We were there, brother. We were there. Oh, yeah. I had to pass on working a freelance underground show that was also the first GCW show in Chicago so that I could announce Minoru Suzuki because they just accidentally went up against each other. Right. And it right. really was. They were they weren't trying to do it. And it just, you know, yeah, all them boys are friends. They're what, all cool. What date you can get. And I'm like, sorry guys. And they understood. Like they they got it. You know, so yeah, Minoru Suzuki. And it was really cool because um, I was talking to, and now his name's going to escape me. I am getting old, guys. Um, Steve, British Eric. High Flyer, British High Flyer in. Oh, Japan. Osprey. Osprey. So I'm talking to Osprey, and actually, he came and found me, and he's like, I need to smarten you up. Like, and I had already talked he to He talking about a sexy pig. Right. Hello. <laughs> oh. So, I had already talked to Suzuki. I had already gotten his information. And he, he he doesn't speak much English, or at least he doesn't like to show that he does if he does. Um, but he knows how to say paycheck, I bet. I'm odd. Yeah. <laughs> they all do. So I got all his information from him already. And, and, and Osprey comes up to me. He goes, hey, I just want to let you know that how to announce him. You have to wait until they do that whole car. Is, is it, if you do anything before that, he's going to come after you and he's going to try and hurt you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, yes. Real big, real hard, real stiff. I, I'm good, man. Thanks for smarting me up. And I had actually, I had met Minoru Suzuki in Japan. I took my family to Japan. Oh, you and, lucky uh, bastard. What? That's awesome. I, I saw Dominion in Osaka. I saw the uh, oh. second the second match between uh, Kenny Omega oh. and Okada. Are you so, fucking kidding me? Uh, in person? No. That's so, got, I mean, that's your, come on. Wrestling moment in Japan. Right? Watching that. Yeah. shit. 
So we God. saw that in Osaka on our you, second night in Japan. We spent 14 days in Japan. So on night two, we saw Dominion in Osaka. And on our very last night, we saw New Japan at Cork and Hall. And oh, at the Cork hey, and Hall real show. Real quick off of that, I just, I, I, I got to interject because I don't yeah. know any of this. What What is like the money exchange rate like between American dollar and, and what were they using in Japan? Um. I want to, is it the yen? I think it's the yen. Yen. Uh, it was comparable, man. It, it, a lot of people say Japan is, the same. is incredibly ex- expensive. I didn't find That's it. What I've I, heard. We found a lot of things to be cheaper. Like we did, we did not spend anywhere near as much money there as we had thought we were going to. Like we going to that show, the Dominion money. compared to say a WWE event of that magnitude. Comparable, like almost okay. the exact same. Uh, and we, we, we ended up not being able to, it's hard to get tickets in America. It's really, really hard to get tickets in America for the show over there. So we got tickets a day of. So we stood in line day of and had standing room only. And it was still amazing. Uh, but so I met Minoru Suzuki at the Cork and Hall show on our last night in Japan. And uh, I bought a shirt and he signed the shirt. And I tried to get him to also sign a magazine. And he's like, no, no. And then he turns to the guy next to him and says something about me. He's totally talks shit about me, right? Like, cause and, and like not even trying to hide it, right? He's pointing at me. Kirby's advantage. Pointing at me while he's talking to the guy next to him. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make fun of Japanese speaking people. But he's like, and he's pointing at me, and the other guy's laughing. And I walk away, I'm like, Minoru Suzuki just talks shit about me. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> Sweet. But uh, no, yes. he's an intimidating. He's an intimidating presence, man. He is. He is something else. But uh, yeah, to get to, years later to get to announce him was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So that's besides working with Cody, uh, Minoru Suzuki is probably one of my one of my absolute favorite moments. And there's. We could do a whole show on just my moments. Uh, you know, Wait, you just gave me an idea. To do. That's going to happen. Right on, man. It's a shoot. Part bye two. Bye. Hell yeah. Totally down for that. It's, it ain't Kirby's adventure for nothing. We've already got almost two hours here. We're fucking, part two. You know, we barely scratched the surface. So we're when, definitely going to do a part two. When you, when you texted me earlier and you're like, eh, we're going to go about 45 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> it never. Yeah. Have fun with that, brother. Try and get me to talk for <laughs> only forty-five minutes. Good luck. Well, it never happens like that, and and you know, Shrine can attest this, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, well, goddamn it, I got all this shit," and there's really nothing to edit. But uh, it, like when I start doing these shows and like interviews, I don't. It's kind of an interview. I hate calling it that. It's more right. or less just having you on the, the show conversation. And we're talking shit. Yeah. That's like what kind of gives us our unique spin on this whole wrestling podcast. You're watching perspectives. Yeah, just <laughs> the first show I did was um, Whoa. With the, the guys from what uh, Russell talking randomness also did uh, let's Taco about wrestling. And I did one of those. And I think we went three hours and like <laughs> we it easily could have kept going. They're like, we should oh, probably yeah. stop. I don't know if anyone's going to listen for three hours. They right. People's attention spans are short, man. Even the diehards. Said. They were, they had to release those two separate episodes because it was so long. And then Dude, we like, did a we did a five hour episode sad. one with my buddy. I went to Mania in Louisiana, and 
Chris Rene did that. He, dude, he did a fantastic job, though, of cutting it five hours into two and a half. Wow. <laughs> he just cut out every other word, so it's just you going, eh, nothing, right? It's like the Japanese like voiceover shit from the old kung fu movies. We had a great time. <laughs> but yeah, it's so, dude, we're totally going to have to do this again, Kirby. And real quick, before we exit, it's been a fucking honor and a privilege to have you on here and to get to know you a little better and have our audience get to know you a little better. Cause dude, you're a great voice. You do do your job very well. You get me fucking pumped, man. That, and you know, like I said, I've seen you at freelance black label warrior. Um, and I watched the collective, which some else we didn't unfortunately get to touch on this time yeah. around, but yeah. we'll next time. Um, did a great job for that too, man. So Thank you. you're doing a lot of things, dude. I'm super proud for you and your family and what, you know, all the moments you've had, um, in professional wrestling and you will continue to have it's 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 awesome you know it's it's like a brotherhood on here man with the jp dub dude it's i i feel your energy your vibe and it it really connects dude and it's it's so super cool and to hear all your stories that's what we're all about man it's just to be able to share those and to share you know with the world your talent and so everybody can check you out if you you know you watch anything on fight any of those promotions i just <laughs> mentioned you're you're gonna hear Kirby's voice on there or I I'm sure you're all over IWTV too in yeah. high spots. You yeah. know, so everybody needs to check all those streams oh, for sure out. But speaking yeah, of that voice things out, Kirby, where can people find you at? Uh so on Twitter at Kirby the Voice. Again at Kirby K-I-R-B-Y the Voice. Uh I don't do Insta right now. I just I just I just do Twitter uh, I have Facebook, uh, Kirby Van Vliet on Facebook. You can find me there. But the, if you really want to, you know, follow. As He's far Chris's as, like, brother, listen. right? Chris Van Vliet. Yes. <laughs> yep. <Gave him. laughs> when, when I when I saw when I saw that he was getting involved in wrestling, I was like, oh man, if I could just convince this guy that we're related and piggyback, and like, brother, piggyback, yeah, man, <laughs> ride his coattails. Screw but, it, do uh, it. No, yeah, Kirby the Voice uh, on Twitter. That. Follow me there. Uh, you know, I don't post as much as as everyone does, but uh, I definitely, you know, put some interesting takes out there from time to time. There it is. I see it on the phone. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, man, come along for the ride. You know, I I love doing this with you guys. This business is really special. Uh, the connection, like I, I talked about, the connection with the wrestlers, the connection with the fans. And, you know, one thing I, I didn't really hit on, and I'm not going to start a new topic, but I'm all <laughs> Go ahead, about, fuck it. Here's another two hours, kids. Enjoy. Right? I'm all, all, and I've said this on, in other places. I'm all about strengthening the product, right? I'm, I'm a tool. I'm like, I'm like the ring bell, the ropes. I'm just another thing that the, the wrestlers can use to get over. And I'm also that way for the business. I'm, I'm just trying to better this business. You know, I may dress flamboyant and I might have a little shtick where I hold my notes long, but I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to shine. A lot of people have to ask me my name because I almost never say my own name. Like, it was, you know, we, we opened the show, hopefully I, I don't know if it worked or not, but with me introducing myself, I've, I, that might be the first time I've ever said my own name on a, on a microphone. Like I don't introduce myself. I don't say, Hey, Kirby, the voice Alexander here with freelance. It's not about that. It's about freelance. It's about warrior. It's about the guys. So it, for me to be able to do these shows and for you guys to care enough to put these shows out there and to have me on. And I can just 
enhance the business in another way and tell these stories. And, and hopefully there's people out there listening and having a drink and, and just in, enjoying. And maybe they're thinking, you know, again, that clip, we're going to go back to that clip. How many people are going to watch that clip tonight? Because I came on and talked about it. You know, I, I think that's cool. That's, and that, and that's, and that's great. And that's magical. So for me to be able to share a piece of history and just promote the business a little bit more, that's that's what I'm here for, guys. I'm here to make this business better, and I don't know how long I'm going to have. You know, I'm not I'm not dying. You know, I I could, but you know, uh, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, and I'm just going to try and do as much as I can to make this a a great place and then leave it in as good shape as I can. Kirby, Love as it. one of my heroes, Jim, Mister Jim Morrison used to say. I'm going to get my kicks for the whole shit house goes up in flames. All right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> That's right. Well, Kirby, once again, thank you, brother, for coming on. Thank you all for tuning in. Please, if you haven't already, hit like and subscribe and hit that little notification bell thingy. If you're watching on YouTube, share with your friends. Download, rate, and review on any podcasting platform. We're everywhere. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you guys are tuning in, we're also going to, me and Sretton are going to be a part of the hardest part of the ring. We'd like to send a, a thank you for him having us on his show called The Apron Bump, thank which you. is also available on all podcasting platforms. So we showed up there. We rose hell, or we raised hell, I should say. And then we left. Cause he was like, what the fuck? You guys didn't even do what I wanted you to do. And oh. we're like, yeah, but we're entertaining. <laughs> Counts for something, right? <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. And <laughs> next time will be even better. Kirby will be back and we're going to get real fucking crazy. Cause that's what we do until next time. We love you. Keep it real. Keep it wet. Wet. I'm up. Wet. I'm up. Wet. I'm up. Yeah, I'm so wet for Kirby and his adventures. Me too. All right. You punched yeah, camera right. too. Oh you punched the wrong camera. You punched the wrong camera. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, what a Edit that in, okay? Sretton, if you don't do it, you're, you're, you're fucking Don't fine. do it. You gonna do sex to me?